0: Hello everyone, this is Jennifer Delaney, the North American Product Manager here at Neolife International. And when I say here, I am actually here in our headquarters today. And today we have great content for our product call. We are going to go into the SAB, our Scientific Advisory Board, and we're going to talk about our tablets and how high-tech they are. So this interview today is with John Miller. John is our Director of the SAB. He has decades of experience in product development. He started as an engineer and even worked at NASA. And then he switched gears, luckily for us to product development, has been involved in developing more than 500 products in more than 50 countries. His experience and knowledge on nutritional science is extensive. So again, we're really lucky to have him on our team. He's going to be interviewing Mark Lohman and Mark is our Director of Product Development and Quality. Mark also has decades of experience as a formulator and as a biologist. So again, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and turn this call over to John and Mark, and they will talk to you about our tablets and our capsules because the delivery system of our product is just as important as what's inside. I hope you're all having a great week and thanks for joining today.
1: Hello, everyone. And thanks for sharing a little bit of time with us today as we get into the next session of Inside the SAB with Mr. Mark Lohman. And the the topic today is Neolife tablets, those high-technology tablets, and how they are dramatically different than anything else that you will encounter in the marketplace. Mark has been with uh, Neolife for 26 years. I've known him for a long time. He started working with me way, way back, and... Uh, We've done a lot of things over the years. Mm -hmm. He's uh, the International Director of Product Development and Quality and a very important member of the Scientific Advisory Board. He has a background in biological sciences and a very deep understanding of pharmacy and manufacturing, which makes him uh, one of the best possible candidates you could have for talking about the amazing difference in Neolife tablet technology.
2: So uh, hi there, Mark. How are you doing? I've been looking forward to this. Hi, John. Hi, everybody. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for this opportunity. This is really great. You know, we had our first chat and conversation early uh, in 1995. And I I remember it well, just like it was just maybe last week or the week before. And uh, one of the things that I like, John, in our discussions is I always learn something. So you've been a very good teacher and mentor over the years. I appreciate this time. Uh, with you to be able to chat about this subject. Uh, Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. We have uh, (laughs) been down a lot of
1: paths together, uh, solving some crazy challenges, and certainly uh, our tablet technology has uh, had many of those challenges uh, to to overcome. You know, Neolife delivers a wide array of powerful bioactive uh, ingredients. Everybody knows that. We go to foods and extract things that, that are... You know, at best unstable in their, under certain conditions and can be completely lost if not handled properly. And then we find ways to deliver those things and tablets have been one of the ways that we've, uh, we've been able to do that. And I think very successfully based upon uh, the data that we have. But if you look at a NeoLife tablet, you might think it's just like every other tablet that you see on the market and that could not be further from the truth. Though they appear the same, from a content, stability, performance, and even a regulatory perspective, they are very different. Uh, give
2: us a little insight from your side, Mark. Right, John. Um, you know, we make tens of millions of tablets every year and uh, all different forms, you know, whether they're round or capsule, oblong. Uh, sometimes we've even done some hexagonal shapes, different shapes, and, and, also different forms. There's the chewables and the slow release or uh, immediate release or the targeted delivery tablets. And each shape, form, type of tablet presents its own series of challenges that need to be overcome, you know, whether it's, you know, making sure that it delivers nutrients to the right spot or tableting things that don't really want to be made into a tablet. Yeah. And, um, We make, like I said, millions and millions of tablets every year. And uh, I think we do that extremely successfully with uh, the highest level of quality. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. The the interesting thing, or
1: one of the things I find interesting about that is, you know, you can make a million or 10 million or over a few years, you can make hundreds of millions of these things. And uh, in our case, every one of them comes out essentially exactly the same because of the depth of the technology that we make sure – um, delivers all of those bioactive nutrients time after time after time. Mm-hmm. You know, Neolife has been a leader in, the, in tableting technology for decades. I've spent a lot of time at the CRN and know some of the challenges that are, the industry has uh, confronted. Actually, we were setting tablet manufacturing standards for ourselves before government regulations ever existed that demanded that we do certain things certain ways. In in many times, uh, the, many cases, by the time the government had a regulation in place, we were already doing it or doing much more. I know from experience that making highly functional tablets uh, is not a simple thing. There are many physical and biological actions that need to be considered. Characteristics of the nutrient or nutrients to be delivered—you know—are they powdered? Do they lend themselves to being? Powders Are they stable? Do you have to protect them from oxygen or light or whatever it might be? And, you know, on top of that, you have to come up with a selection of the most appropriate uh, carriers to deliver that. And then there's things like compression ratios and size and shapes and coatings and disintegration time and moisture sensitivity and shelf life and much, much more that all need to be considered. On top of that, as you know, we don't always get to use the simple <laughs> straight uh, off the shelf sort of uh, ingredients that a lot of others would choose to use. We're very strict about guidelines of what can and cannot be in our products. Um, and uh, it's it's amazing. You and I have had many challenges in this development over the years. And tablets have been some of those most challenging because of uh, the standards that we apply and the things that we demand from our products, the performance that we demand. So. Give us an overview of the, of the perspective from uh, the formulator engineer position that you occupy for us.
2: Sure. You know, John, um, you know, from a formulator's point of view, uh, the reason behind using tablets is so that we we what we use is a nutrient delivery system that ensures uniformity and consistent delivery of the active compounds. Mm-hmm i mean that's that's the goal, and um, it has to be also in a format that's both chemically and physically stable, but you know, like you say, we're using nutrients and and compounds and extracts that other people don't use that are not terribly easy to put into a tablet, uh, for instance, you know there's different challenges based upon these different ingredients, these different you know actives as we call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole food derived complex ingredients like flavonoids or from cruciferous plants. These extracts are really sensitive to degradation and they require some special handling so that we can preserve the nutrient profile that's coming from these ingredients. Um, There's some more things that are a little bit more stable, um, whether there's the uh, say uh, vitamin C or some minerals like calcium. they're a little more stable uh, and they can be formulated a little bit differently. They can even be made into chewable tablets with no uh, real degradation, but they still need to be protected as well. And there's different, you know, avenues for that. Then of course, you know, B vitamins, C vitamins, we may want to make those sort of meter out the nutrients slowly over time, even up to eight hours so that we can appropriately deliver those nutrients in a bioavailable form rather than having them lost. Um, now, here's a special one, and we, we've talked about this before, is the lipid-soluble ingredients. Mm. Now, those are things, for instance, like you know the carotenoids. We might find that in uh, Betagard or uh, vitamin D and E. These lipid-solubles, they don't want to be made into a tablet. As you can imagine, try to take some fat and then some lipids and, and compress it, it doesn't want to compress. So there's special needs in formulating that are required to be making tablets from these types of things. Yeah. And then of course, let's consider the garlic and enzyme actives that must survive the stomach environment, and get into the intestines where they're the most bioavailable. And those require some uh, special needs, there's a special challenges to achieve those types of tablets. So it's, it's, it's not always easy. It's, it's a challenge, but you know, it's kind of a fun challenge. Yeah. I'd, th- I'd like to say that it's never easy, but it is a fun challenge.
1: You know, sometimes when we have sat down to talk about things, we have said, how are we going to do this? Cause on the surface, it looks like it's not something you can do. You mentioned getting a lipid into a tablet and still having it arrive in the body in it's sort of lipid soluble form. So it can be mm-hmm. utilized readily that, that, I can remember some of the things we went through trying to figure that out. Not an easy thing to do. And, uh, you know, for us, we have to do it so that uh, everything that we want to deliver in the case of carotenoids, many of them in one complex, um, all not only come out of the plant and get into the tablet, but you know, when the tablet goes Mm -hmm. through the system and gets into the body that they actually deliver those things. So, and we do a lot of different bioactives, as you pointed out, and some of them are, you know, relatively easy to do. But most of them, because of the demands we put on our formulations, are very, very complicated, very complex things. Mm-hmm. But you know, uh, you and I know that the bioactive component of a tablet is only part of the equation. Now you got to make it into a tablet, and that tablet has to be you know it has to be stable it has to be something that can be handled rapidly by machinery it can be put in a bottle and it can be have a shelf life that's a reasonable length of time two or three years depending upon the 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 product and and still arrive in the stomach and or wherever it needs to be and release its nutrients and do its job i mean that's that technology, not only the nutrients that are in there, but the technology that allows us to develop a tablet, a delivery system, if you will, that complex is a, is a pretty a pretty high technology thing. Um, and I know you uh, you spend a lot of time working on that, Mark.
2: Right, John. You know, um, a lot of the time is spent on these uh, choosing the appropriate delivery system, the appropriate carriers and they appropriate what we call now tableting aids. And uh, to make sure that we can take these, these active compounds, and make them into a tablet, and that they will stay a tablet and be stable, and also have uh, protected nutrients so that they're shelf life stable over the two or three years uh, stability time period that we give to, these, to our products. And different nutrients demand different tableting aids. And we call them tableting aids nowadays. We used to call them inactive ingredients. Yeah. But, you know, they have activity. That's, a, that's an incorrect description. They do have activity. They do have function. So tableting aids, better descriptor. They're, we're, they're, they're used to help us take these active compounds that don't want to be made into tablets into a good, stable, tableted nutrient delivery system. Mm. And really, a formulator has a pretty large toolkit of these compounds. There's, there's uh, uh, reference books of tableting aids, and they're, they're thick, you know. Um, and, and these are all there to help develop a robust tableted formula. Now these tableting aids in general, uh, but they're divided into classes, and their classes are based upon what they help the formula and the tablet do, what their function is. You know, so we have flowing agents and that helps make an even f- product mix and helps it flow evenly through the whole tableting process. There's compression agents. This is an important piece for us. These compression aids that help under pressure these compounds, these in- ingredients, compress into a tablet form, but then you have to follow in with binding agents. Binders that help you've got this tablet form. So uh, you've got these binders that will help maintain that form. They link together and keep that tablet robust tablet form. Of course, once you have a tablet, it does need to deliver the nutrients, it needs to come apart. So the class of compounds we use for that are called disintegrates. And there's different disintegrates based upon the timing of the delivery of the nutrient. So either immediate or long term or delayed. Um, quick thing on coatings too, you know, we also have coatings. The coatings are there to help protect the tablet, but also to ease consumption of the tablet. Now, there's, those are the typical tableting aids that we use, those classes, but there's also some atypical, a little bit unusual things like gelling agents or uh, pH-sensitive compounds or hydrophobic compounds and those are things that help with uh, delayed or uh, immediate or delayed or uh, sustained release tablets. Yeah.
1: yeah. I've uh, you know we spent a lot of time talking about these in the scientific advisory board and then in the in the product development meetings that that you and I have uh, shared. And uh, it's always amazing to me all of the little factors that have to take, be taken into consideration to make a tablet do what it's supposed to do. Your, your comments about pH sensitivity and, uh, hydrophobic actions that, you know, keeping it away from water because they tend to absorb a lot of moisture and things like that are just, just examples. When I think of how, um, we manage things like our threshold control products, where we put the tablet together in a way that, like you say, it delivers everything that's supposed to do in the stomach, but it then it sort of degrades or breaks down, doesn't degrade, breaks down over time that results in a a threshold control, a, mm-hmm. a continuous flow of the nutrients, whether it's the B vitamins or vitamin C, into the bloodstream over a prolonged period of time. We we do that because we know that water-soluble nutrients tend to move through the body quickly if you dump a bunch in just straight up vitamin C or something like that into the body, it will pick it up, metabolize it, and and pass it through very quickly. So, in order to extend the sort of window of biological activity, we develop these uh, threshold control technologies that that represent a lot of what you just talked about. Yeah, you know, one of the things about, um, tableting aids, in, in, not inactive. I agree, it's no longer inactive. But these ingredients that we use to keep these. Products together, you know, we have very strict ingredients what we can use for for the nutrients themselves. But we have similarly strict rules and regulations on what we can use for for tableting aids. Not all tableting aids are fine for us. There's a lot of them that, on the surface, they appear to be the same, but when you dig into the background, they're 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 quite different. Um, one example I like to use is stearic acid. You know, stearic acid is a naturally occurring fatty acid. It's found widely. In the, in the human food chain, your body knows exactly what to do with it when it arrives. But there are lots of different kinds of stearic acid out there on the marketplace. And you can get what I would call cheap and dirty stearic acid, just the, you know, the bottom basement level stuff. And then you can get the more sophisticated stuff. For us, you know, we look into things that's to, not just stearic acid, but we need to know where our stearic acid came from. We need to know... Its sources. We need to know that it, uh, its purity levels, and we need to know that it's a non-GMO derived thing, and and things like that. So uh, there's a very big difference in what we can put into our into the binding agent, the tableting side of our products as well.
2: That's right. You know, um, and I've said this before, and it surprises some people, especially people that are not within Neolife, but. We treat these tableting aids the same way as we treat the nutritional compounds in terms of quality and selection.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so we do the same sorts of testing and auditing, identity testing and and, uh, and testing for potential contaminants that we might do on our, our nutritional ingredients. They're handled the same way because they're all part of the same formula. Uh, so really, that thick tome I told just mentioned on, on tableting aids, most of that we just kind of set aside because our toolbox is much more limited because of our high quality standards. Uh, for instance, you know, your, your your steric acid example is 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 really apt and it's a really good one because a lot of people, a lot of companies will use, say, animal source steric acid. Uh, we can't do that. We've set high quality standards. They had has to be not just plant sourced. It's got to be non-GMO, and it also has to be certified and audited to be sustainably harvested plants. Uh-huh. Can't just come from anywhere. Exactly. Um, so the other examples, you know, all you know, all of our ingredients, the coatings, the flowing agents, the disintegrating agents, they're all derived from non-animal sources. That are non-gmo and sustainable and from pure sources as well so it, it, we are very limited in what we can use it it sort of uh, makes for a challenge but then like i said we love the challenge yeah we do you know and i think that uh, we also
1: you know like the idea of you know setting standards for ourselves that um maybe others don't really care too much you you're, you're your comment about it being sustainably sourced plant-derived uh, materials, you know. I don't know how many companies actually care about whether the the quote-unquote inactives, the tableting agents mm-hmm. in their products actually are environmentally friendly and, you know, eco-sensitive and things like that. But well, we, like you say, we treat those ingredients just the same way we treat any ingredient in in any NeoLife product, they have to be validated. They have to meet this very strict uh, sort of criteria for all of the many many things that uh, that we hold sacred to how we uh, conduct ourselves in the world and how we manufacture products and so yeah, on. Yeah, so big so. difference between. You know, the there's also a side to the to the idea of tableting. It's it's the target of the tablet, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, a chewable tablet is targeted to be chewed, so that becomes pretty obvious. But um, you know, just because you have a tablet doesn't mean that you want everything to happen in the stomach once you swallow it. Matter of fact, we have uh, developed what we call targeted delivery technology, which uh, allows us to actually, through our tableting technologies, determine exactly where the tablet is going to disintegrate and how it's going to break down and how it's going to deliver those nutrients and probably most appropriately where it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, Prolonged disintegration of threshold control we've talked about and the things that are sustained release and intestine targeted enzymes, those represent challenges unto themselves. Give us, give us a little insight into what we do to get that job done too.
2: Right. So, you know, these, like you mentioned, these different forms have different challenges And um, that have to be met through the, you know, the formulating, you know, for instance, you know, the the, the chewable, you mentioned that. Yeah, it has to come apart in the mouth, but there's challenges to that uh, that have to be met. You know, the tablet has to have a a robust integrity and stability. Uh, We typically will formulate chewables so that they taste good. They have to taste good, but they also have the right mouthfeel. So it's got to be, got to have a good crunch. It's got to be hard, but not too hard, but it can't be too soft either. And, you know, there's different tools that we use, different aids to work with that. The stomach targeted tablet where the tablet come apart in the stomach and disintegrate there. Some may say that's a little bit easier to deal with, Uh, but you still, you really have to work and, and develop so that the nutritional compounds are are uh, stable and protected, and that you have uh, maintain uh, the good uh, tablet robustness throughout. So the stomach targeted tablets, some may say, are a bit easier, but really there's different challenges involved with that as well because these tablets they need the ingredients need to be protected, and the tablet needs to be robust. Yet it needs to disintegrate quickly when yeah. it's in the stomach to make these active ingredients available immediately. Uh, okay. Threshold control, again, you know, we talked about a little bit about that, but those is a particular challenge. It, when, it, when the tablet reaches the stomach, it cannot immediately disintegrate. Yeah. It must slowly disintegrate. You know, we're using hydrophobic compounds to help uh, repel water right. that's in your system that helps meter these things out. But it has to disintegrate. It can't just be a bullet you know, and go through the system. So it does disintegrate slowly over time, and we measure that. Mm -hmm. Then there's the intestine-targeted tablets, of course, as you can imagine. That's a challenge because those tablets need to remain unchanged in the stomach, the harsh, acidic stomach environment. They cannot disintegrate. They can't release any nutrients. Once that tablet passes into the intestines, it needs to disintegrate. There's no metering out. It has to disintegrate in the intestine because it's at that point those nutrients are are uptaken into the system. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. You know that targeted delivery technology that that
1: we talk about uh, on our products is, is is really a a big difference. I think that people don't realize that you have to have a product in the case of something like garlic, for example. You have to have a product that remains intact as it goes through the very harsh environment of the, of the stomach, very acidic, that would typically, you know, stomach's job is to start breaking things down, mm-hmm. it's a big part of the digestive process. And it would typically succumb to that, but we put these tablets together so that they survive that very acidic pH of the stomach. But like you say, once they arrive in the intestine, which is more alkaline, they have to break down. So controlling the, re- the relationships between acidity and alkalinity and the tablet and the coating and its, and its ingredients makes for very high technology stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's one of the things that we like to tell people that uh, we work at doing very well, and that is delivering nutrients where they do the most. Good, you know, if there's no sense delivering them to the to the stomach, something like garlic allium complex to the stomach, if you need the enzyme that's in the garlic to activate the compound, because the enzyme will be killed by the acid and right. the compound will never get activated. So much of the benefit of garlic is lost right right at that point. So mm-hmm. those sorts of things really Uh, In that technology, make it stand out, you know, very strict demands on how products perform, very strict demands on what they contain, very strict demands on the sourcing of not only the bioactive ingredients, but the the tableting aids, very, very high technology stuff that, um, you know, I just, the only way I can summarize it is it's extremely complex business, right, extremely complex technology. I want to take a moment to thank you all for staying tuned here and listening in. And once again, to thank you, Mark, for sharing this with me. And uh, it's been a real pleasure. Okay.